episode 22 of the Diamond in the Rough podcast coming at you. Been away for maybe uh, close to two weeks now. Had a miss last week, unfortunately. I apologize about that. By the way, Sam Ostrowski here flying solo with you once again for this episode. Plenty to talk about. Just got to get it in a little quick. Get a little busy tonight, but I knew I had to get another episode in for you, all the loyal listeners out there. Of course, we appreciate you. Follow us on Facebook, Diamond the Rough Podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Diamond Podcast. If you have any questions, of course, send them our way. Diamond in the Rough Podcast at gmail.com. We would really appreciate hearing from you as the baseball season is getting close to its end. We are just a day away from September. It is currently August 31st. I plan on posting this episode today. So if you're listening today, or tonight rather, that it should be current. You're listening to me the same day. Um yeah, coming into the end. It's I can't believe it. I really can't believe it. Has your mind switched to football mode yet? I know so many people. You know, with all the the fantasy drafts coming up, uh, the preseason being in the, its last week this weekend, everyone's switching to to football mode now. You know, there's a lot of people out there who they live and dream for those Sunday nights or Monday night games. Uh, you know, it's fun though. You know, grab get the chili out. The the weather's starting to get a little cooler out there. You know, throw the sweaters on, go out to a football game. It's of course that's a fun season too. But you know what we are all about here, and that's the baseball. So guess what? Baseball is not done yet. In fact, it's just heating up, baby. We're hitting into September, looking for that October baseball, that cold weather baseball, at least around here in Chicago. Uh, a lot of exciting things to happen. Things are going down to it. I mean, besides maybe the Dodgers, uh, and well, I'm just gonna throw the Dodgers in there, really, uh, with teams running away with it. You know, there's a lot of teams still in contention right now, and especially with the two wild card spots, as we know how that works now. Uh, it's a tight race. A lot of teams, you know, the Diamondbacks and Rockies still leading the way in the National League, and uh, the Yankees and the Twins leading that wild card spot currently in the American League. But it's anyone's ball game. Any team could sneak in there. Someone might surprise you like the Cardinals uh, or even the Brewers or who the hell else knows. Someone someone might uh, try to sneak in there. The Orioles have playing, been playing really well recently. I, they're not going to sneak in. I don't believe that, but you never know crazier things have happened right so couple things couple points i want to get to today uh in this episode particularly uh september call-ups i mentioned it's august 31st today tomorrow september 1st so what's that mean tomorrow the rosters are expanding they sure are expanding and this is when a lot of guys get their opportunities uh, and i want to talk about a couple who i think might get finally get their chance at uh to play some pro ball who's been performing well in the minors on their way up and who could maybe even maybe stick around for a playoff run or you know you'd really have to impress as most of September call-ups are September call-ups for a reason uh, but a couple names I would love to kind of highlight here the first one I want to talk about a name I've definitely mentioned before is Brent Honeywell of the Tampa Bay Rays I really see no excuse me no reason by the way I'm totally sick so if you hear me sniffling a couple times that's why uh, I've been sick a couple of days. Guy, it's that time of the season too, where shit gets nasty. Noses are gross. You know, I go to the gym and everyone just looks sick, but they're still there, and we're all touching the bars. And ugh, I try not to think about it too much, but it definitely is that time of the year. Anyway, so if you're out there, stay healthy. Drink your vitamin C, people. Those energy C's or whatever, whatever the hell they're called. Those things are clutch. Grab you a box of those. I've been drinking them up like crazy, trying to get trying to get this immune system up. Anyways, Brent Honeywell, 
Honeywell is definitely a guy that should get the call up tomorrow. Uh, he He's the first name I look at without a doubt. Of course, he's the screwball pitcher. Uh, we all know about that. That's his big thing. He was the future games MVP, ahead of a hell of a performance on that day. Uh, he's been doing pretty well uh, between AA and AAA. has a 3.63 ERA. 131 innings pitch, 167 strikeouts. So that's something to talk about. He's definitely punching out a lot of players. And when it comes to the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, they've got the room for him. I mean, it's not like their rotation is has been unbelievable or anything like that. So I expect him to probably make a good couple spot starts. Uh, I don't know if they're going to want to see him in the bullpen. Usually with someone on a September call-up, that's where you're going to see him first is in the bullpen. Uh, I think this might be a little bit more of a unique situation where we see Honeywell get put in the starting rotation maybe right away. Uh, We'll see. It's going to be really exciting, the fact that a a screwball pitcher is coming back to the majors. I'm I'm pretty pumped up about that. And he's one of my my more favorite prospects at this moment. I think he is a lot of guys. Uh, He's naturally athletic. He's got smooth mechanics, according to all the scouts out there and a delivery that is just very consistent. So we'll see what Honeywell brings. Definitely expect him to get the call-up. I would be very surprised if he does not. Let's talk about a team that everyone can't stop talking about. Of course, that's the Dodgers. Um, Alex Verdugo, I expect him to probably get the call-up. Maybe maybe get a, a couple at-bats. I don't expect a lot from him just yet. I expect him more to be a, a next-year guy. But if he could get a couple at-bats and he could, you know... Do what he's been doing in the minors. Uh, maybe, you know, maybe the Dodgers keep him around. But the guys I really want to talk about for the Dodgers, of course, Brock Stewart. If you didn't listen, by the way, Brock Stewart of the Los Angeles Dodgers uh, did an interview with him on the last episode. And go listen to that. He had some great things to say. He's currently with the uh, AAA Oklahoma City Dodgers. Um, he, But he, you know, he was with the Dodgers earlier this year. Uh, and it was just a roster move that had to be made. Uh, because when they made the move, you Darvish, someone had to go, and unfortunately, Stewart's name was first on the list, but he'll be back. I know he will. He's, he's pitched really well for the Dodgers, especially out of that bullpen. Did a spot start when Kershaw went down. By the way, Kershaw, he's finally coming back, so that'll be fun to watch, and the Dodgers get that much scarier. So Brock Stewart, I expect him to get the call, along with the guy I really want to talk about here, Walker Bueller. You've heard the name. He moved way up on the top 100 list when they finally adjusted that. He's now the 13th top prospect and the second overall pitching prospect, if I'm not mistaken, behind Michael Kopik. Uh, we'll get to Kopik in a second here. And you know what? Walker Bueller, 2015 first rounder, he has been just piling up the strikeouts 123 strikeouts and 86 and two third innings pitched. And the guy's got an amazing arsenal. I mean, he's got stuff on stuff. I mean, that's really all the, the only way you can put it. Walker Bueller, if Kershaw isn't ready yet, he'll definitely get a spot start. But more so, Walker Bueller is going to be put into the bullpen, I imagine, immediately because Kershaw should be healthy and ready to go now. And he could make a big impact. We know how important the bullpen is these days. Uh, we saw that at the trade deadline with all the relievers being traded for realistically some bigger prospect names because that's that's what the price tag is for someone who's that important in your bullpen um you know justin wilson was just one of many names he went to the cubs and he's been shit but (laughs) that's besides the point bueller could come in and maybe even be a guy definitely look for him to potentially make that playoff roster it's gonna be a tough roster to crack we know that 
But if there's a guy who can do it, it's Walker Bueller. Uh, he's just skyrocketed his way through the minors. Uh, he's in AAA right now, and I'm I'm pretty sure he started at high A uh, this season. And to make that move from high A to double A to triple A, that says a lot if you're going to do that all in one season. Teams do not do that lightly. They absolutely do not. You, if you're going to make that many jumps in one season, you're doing something right. And clearly he has been. So that's another name to look out for tomorrow. Also one of my favorite ones. How's about the Cleveland Indians? They, as of recently, started being the powerhouse that we thought they would be. Coy Kluber has been arguably the Cy Young Award winner. I still have Chris Sale, but Chris Sale's been struggling a little bit as of recently. He's been up and down. Kluber's just been the definition of consistency. And so to add to that, I'm looking at Francisco Mejia. Of course, they've got catchers. They've got Jan Gomes and Roberto Perez. But Mejia, here's what he brings that those two catchers don't. Those two catchers, they bring a solid defense. I'm going to say solid, not great. Uh, Mejia, same thing. But his bat, though, is so much better than those two. Yeah, you're going to be carrying three catchers on your roster. But Mejia, you know, you could DH him, too, if you need him. If you really need B. So I expect him to get the call. Let's not forget, he had that 50-game hitting streak in 2016. That was big talks, and he's continued to just post big numbers this season. Uh, he has a career high in home run total. Uh, he's currently in double A, by the way. He's 21 years of age. And he's already on the 40-man roster, too, which makes things very interesting. The switch hitter, he's going to be, I think, someone to make maybe, arguably, if you want to talk about what September call-up is going to make the biggest impact, it's going to be Walker Buehler or Francisco Mejia. Those are just my personal thoughts. Those are two guys who could come in, play right away, Play every day if you need them to. Of course, obviously, Bueller in the bullpen when you need him to. But Mejia, I mean, if, say, Gomes goes down or Perez goes down or if he's just playing that much better than them in the couple games that they see, you know, maybe they start playing him more. I don't expect them to trust him behind the plate as much as the other guys, of course, just because experience. I mean, when Kluber's out there, you're probably going to want Gomes out there. That's been his guy. That's who's been catching him all year. And, that's who he's found success with, so it makes sense. But Mejia definitely can be put as a as a DH. So, and his his hitting is leaps and bounds better than Perez or Gomes. So I expect Mejia to get the call, and expect him to really, really perform well. Uh, a couple other names just to throw him out there: uh, Jack Flaherty. He already got the call because uh, St. Louis traded Mike Leake to Seattle on Wednesday, and so Flaherty's going to be joining the the Cardinals rotation, and he's get. I think, yeah, he gets his big league debut tomorrow, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so watch out for him. He's uh, in the minors, 6-1 record. Has a 1.98 ERA over his past nine starts. Uh, so, he, you know, he's proven himself already uh, to be part of that Cardinals rotation. As the Cardinals, I don't I think they're going to shit the bed. I, I've had a couple questions. A couple St. Louis Cardinals fans asked me a couple questions. And, you know, can they compete? They're five games out of... The division lead and the wild card, I believe. I'm pretty sure they're five out of both. Uh, and I'm going to get to the Mike Leak trade in just a second. Here. I want to talk about all the the uh, the waiver trades that are happening uh, today as tonight is the deadline. But to continue with this, Flaherty, he's getting the call. And how's about J.P. Crawford of the Philadelphia Phillies? First off, the Phillies have been just hot garbage. But we knew that coming into this year. We knew they were going to be one of the worst teams in the league. 
So they have nothing to lose really when it comes up to calling someone up like J.P. Crawford. Crawford, who was a top five or six prospect. My memory's going out the door right now uh, before the top 100 list was adjusted. Uh, but since the reboot, now he's number 61 because he had a rough first half. Uh, there's no sugarcoating it. J.B. Crawford was not performing the way the Phillies were hoping he would as a top prospect. So since then, he's now the number 61 prospect on the top 100 list. But in the second half, he's definitely kind of turned it around. Uh, he A slash line, a 279, a 380 on base percentage, and a uh, 500 slugging percentage with eight homers uh, during the second half. And I think also, of course, something that's a little bit crucial is that He's a utility guy. Well, more so corner infielder. He could play shortstop. He could play third base. Uh, so the Phillies could kind of, you know, put him where they, I'm sure he could play second too if they need him to. They, they could put him where they want in the lineup. And the Phillies definitely have the space uh, to give him plenty of starts in September. So J.P. Crawford, that's another name to look out for. Uh, if you think there's other big names that, you know, could get called up, and we're going to find out tomorrow. Uh, but go ahead, you know, tweet us, email us, whatever you want to do. We'll talk about it. Uh, something else I want to get to in this episode. How's about all the trade rumors? Okay, if you don't know, baseball's stupid, and there's two trade deadlines, technically. You have the non-waiver trade trade deadline, which, of course, is the big one. Uh, and that happens at the end of July. And we saw, you know, plenty of names get traded then. But then the less exciting one, well, what normally I should say is a less exciting one, is the waiver trade deadline and that happens tonight august 31st at midnight if i'm not mistaken it's over then after that if you if you make any trades that player you receive is not eligible for the playoffs so it really doesn't make sense for especially competing teams to make any moves after august 31st so they'll make them tonight and a couple have already been made and there's still rumors going on uh what went down mike leak to the mariners we just talked about that i was surprised by that Mike Leake, he's been a roller coaster this year, uh, but he's going to eat up innings for you. But let me tell you my favorite thing about this story. First off, it really just was a, a money thing. Uh, the Cardinals wanted to free up some space, despite the fact that they're sending over, what, $17 million of his $55 million contract left as well. So, you know, the Mariners make out on having St. Louis eat some of his contract. But beyond that, my favorite part, I think it's so funny is the reaction from the Cardinals players, uh, specifically Lance Lynn. He, what do you he say? Here it is. I've got his quotes right here. You know, he said a lot about how they didn't see the trade coming. They, you know, they liked Mike Leake. They, he, they felt that they were losing a guy who could do 200 plus innings and comes out and just works. He's a tough guy, works at a high level and you know, all that and whatnot. Uh, but this was my favorite quote from Lance Lynn. He said, I'm sure, quote, I'm sure whenever the time comes, when the World Series is over and five days after, I'm sure somebody will talk to me. He was talking about, of course, his contract situation. Moving on. I just don't know who it is. They've had a whole season. Five days isn't going to matter, but I just work here. <laughs> but I just work here. That's what Lance Lynn said. As if Lance Lynn was some kind of 9-to-5 employee at some office. Hey, I just work here. I thought that was hilarious and actually probably not a good thing for the Cardinals. The fact that, you know, someone like him's not happy with the trade. And uh, Tommy Pham was the other one who spoke out a little bit about this. Uh, he said, 
Quote, I said to myself, was this a joke? April Fool's was a month ago. It was shocking to all of us. So clearly, the Cardinal, the Cardinal players, not exactly happy losing Mike Leak. That was clearly a guy that they trusted in the rotation to eat up innings and go out there and and just work and be a, you know and be a be a grinder. But whatever, they lose him. Next up, next up, Justin Upton goes to the Angels for Grayson Long and a player to be named later or cash considerations. We know how that works. Whatever. Uh, in, in this move, Cameron Mabin goes to the Houston Astros to make room for Justin Upton. Uh, so the Astros get a little bit of a speedy guy in Mabin. See if they could turn around their second half as they've been just all sorts of up and down. And Carlos Correa is coming back uh, soon as well. But Justin Upton to the Angels. Upton has actually had a decent season. Uh, he's a guy that usually strikes out a lot. And anytime a team gets him, it always seems like, hey, oh my God, we got Justin Upton. And then he's like really disappointing. <laughs> but this year, he slashed a line of 279, a 362 on base, and a 542 slugging with 28 homers and a 904 OPS, by the way. So he's on pace to actually set some career highs. His career high in homers is 31. So. I don't think as bearing any injury, he's definitely going to pass that. Uh, and that was set in 2011, and the OPS is at this pace, he'll definitely set a high in that as well. So the Angels, who, to all of our surprise, well, maybe I shouldn't say that because I'm like Trout, of course. Anytime you got a guy like that, you're going to compete, but we know how garbage the rest of the roster is. But they are not far off from a wild card berth. I mean, the Twins, they own the second. Uh, the second berth right now, and I I don't know if the, the Minnesota Twins are going to hold out. They've got some good players. I don't see the Angels surpassing them. I don't think they're better than the Twins necessarily, uh, but this move makes them better. This move absolutely makes the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim better for the rest of the season. So, And they got ri- and the guy they got rid of, of course, that's what I like to talk about, the, the young guy. Let, 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 let's go, in, go into to him a little bit. Grayson Long, he was a third-round pick in the 2015 draft, uh, was the number nine prospect for the Angels, now is the number 12 prospect for the Tigers, so stays in that same range. Uh, Big guy, 6'5", 230 pounds, uses his frame to his advantage, 23 years of age. Seems, I mean, I don't know a lot about the guy. I honestly don't. He's got your basic pitches, you know, fastball, changeup, and a slider to punch him away. But what I see is a guy who's had actually a pretty hell of a good season in double a he has a 2.52 era in 23 starts he's eight up 121 innings uh and 111 strikeouts to go along with 38 walks that's not bad not bad at all so the tigers as they continue to try doing this whole you know rebuild thing they haven't hit anything big really yet uh didn't get anyone huge in the jd martinez trade and then of course they had the trade with the cubs as well uh, where they got J-Mare Candelario. So they're they're moving things. And Grayson Long's a good ad. Uh, maybe a back-of-the-rotation guy. If that, I would say that's his ceiling, uh, a four- or five-pitcher. Uh, more so probably looking at him to be in the bullpen. Uh, we'll, we'll see what he could come up with because he's 23. And I expect him to probably be ready by next season, be a pro player by then. So the Tigers go ahead and get a decent prospect, at least for Justin Upton, and better than getting nothing, as most of us would say. And then also sticking with the Tigers theme here, Justin Verlander 
We thought it was over. It is not. Still, rumors flying around all over the place. They just must be getting call after call about Verlander. I mean, why wouldn't you want a former Cy Young pitcher who can help your team win a World Series? Obviously, Verlander isn't what he once was. Uh, He's not even as good as he was last season. But he's still got some left in the tank. We all know that. The Cubs apparently are hot on him. Of course, the Astros, we've heard that team uh, in the Verlander trade talk since they've started. We'll see if anyone actually pulls the trigger. I'm very curious to see if this goes down by midnight tonight. And I'm going to go ahead and throw a bold prediction out there and say it doesn't. I say he's a Tiger for the rest of the season uh, because they do have control over him for a few more seasons as well. But he's going to cost a pretty penny. But say it does. Who are they going to get for him? I don't know. I'm not sure. Because the biggest thing is the money here. A lot of teams are going to have to eat a lot of that money. And that's going to hurt. Because you're not going to want to pay Justin Verlander, you know, 20 whatever million dollars a season that he's getting currently. It's going to take up a lot of your cap space. And do you really want to give a guy who's on the downslope that kind of money? So what kind of prospects is it going to take? That's what it's leading me to here. Not as much as some people might think. I highly doubt the Tigers, that's probably why they haven't pulled the trigger, because the Tigers probably believe that, well, this is Justin Verlander we're talking about, a Cy Young pitcher. We want top names. We want guys who are going to change our franchise in four or five seasons. While, (laughs) meanwhile... I the the Astros we know they've been stingy. They're not giving up Derek Fisher or anyone like that, and the Cubs just don't have that much to give up. So what are they going to settle with? Will the Tigers settle? I say they don't, but if they do, I don't expect the return to be anything crazy. So at the end of the day, whoever does or potentially I should say gets Verlander could make out with the fact that they're not going to give up much and it's just going to come down to money with that kind of trade. And we'll see if anything else happens. It's been an interesting waiver deadline. Uh, You don't, usually you see a move or two. I mean, but someone like Justin Upton, that's a bigger name. We know Verlander's a bigger name. Mike Leake, that was a a surprise to me, at least. Everyone's complaining that the Cardinals don't make a move at the first trade deadline, but here they are trading Mike Leake. And all all of his teammates are pissed about it. So we'll see what happens. It's going to be interesting come midnight. Uh, one more thing. What time? What time do I got? All right, we're doing good. We're doing good. I want to talk about one more thing before, before I wrap this bad boy up. Just in general, my thoughts, you know, the season's been so much fun. The rookies have been crazy. Cody Bellinger's the man. Aaron Judge was the man. He sucks now, uh, but can't say I didn't see that one coming. He, you knew he had to fall eventually. There was no way... He could keep up that kind of pace. It was just, it was too good to be true. Uh, what's he been, like a 170? He's getting a couple days off, Joe Girardi. I think that's absolutely the right move. And he broke the consistent game strikeout record, or however you want to say that one, which that's not exactly the record you want to hold. So, but it's not surprising. He's that kind of player. He's going to strike out. He's going to strike out. He's a typical power hitter, although his average uh, was over 300 at the halfway point, and he was looking great. Was it down and out? I think it's down to like 280. But you had to know he was going to slump at some point. Will he get back at it? Yes, yes, yes. Aaron Judge, he's been amazing. He'll get back at it. I think he'll be fine. Uh, Cody Bellinger, he's just coming off the DL, so we'll see if he could recover just fine. Uh, I'm sure he will. But what I want to talk about, 
one team. Do I have any Pittsburgh fans listening right now? Probably not. But if I do, if you're a Pirates fan out there, how do you feel about your prospects? It's been, it's very interesting to me. They have a number of good names between Josh Bell, uh, who's been playing pretty much all season, uh, Austin Meadows, Kevin Newman, uh, to go along with Tyler Glass now, uh, Jamison Tayon. A lot of names, right? A lot to be excited about, or at least that's the point. You should be excited about those guys. But here's the deal. Bell, Bell's been pretty good. Not outstanding. He's getting outshined by the other rookies in the league right now, but he's been fine. I'm not, I wouldn't be too unhappy with how he's played. Uh, There's still a lot to look forward to with his power. But what about, oh God, it's going to kill me to say this. If you've listened, if you've been a loyal listener and you've listened since episode one, who was arguably my favorite prospect, or at least one of them? Austin Meadows. I loved Austin Meadows. I thought he brought a lot to the table, and I really did think that we'd see him this year. Not, I don't, I didn't think he would flourish this year. I really thought next season would be the year we see Austin Meadows be the number one starter. But in my mind, he was the Andrew McCutcheon replacement. Uh, McCutcheon's still wearing the black and gold right now, though. Uh, and who knows how long he will. But Austin Meadows is supposed to be the guy. He's a good fielder. Consistently makes contact. Was a high pick. He's a top prospect. He's the guy, right? The power was coming along a little bit. Uh, there's been a lot of contradiction with him, if you will. So, in this season, I'm disappointed. I am. I'm disappointed with how he's been performing in AAA. Let's look at it. 250 average, four home runs only, only 36 driven in, 50 strikeouts, 71 hits, and 284 at-bats. And a 311 on-base percentage. Nothing? No. Nothing too exciting. I really thought this year, at least in AAA, that he would start to take off a little bit. And I'm definitely disappointed. I'm not saying it's over with. I'm not saying Austin Meadows is a bust. Definitely not. If you know me, you know how much I love the kid. He's only 22. But I thought maybe he'd be a September call-up. Now I don't know. If I'm the Pirates, although they're still quote-unquote competing, I would, you know, that's some hard quotes right there. I would hardly say so. They're so up and down. I, I don't call him up. I don't I don't know if I give him the September call-up yet. I, I think he needs to stick where he is and then go to the offseason, go to spring training, and then go from there. Maybe he impresses in the offseason and he cracks the opening day roster. Who knows? By that point, I would hope I would hope he about does. But same thing with Kevin Newman. He was a top prospect. He dropped a little bit. He definitely dropped a little bit. The shortstop drafted in the first round of 2015 spent almost or, you know about half the season in double a and he's been in triple a as of recently he's done pretty well in triple a but again nothing really to go crying home about i mean he's ideally going to be someone who's gonna maybe be a leadoff hitter the power is not outstanding he has four home runs this year the same as austin meadows by the way which just isn't okay and he has 129 hits a 267 average uh, was the on-base percentage 312 so nothing again nothing that exciting he's 24 Newman should be about ready definitely like by September by tomorrow 
if you would have asked me by the beginning, the start of the season, I said, yeah, I would have said, yeah, Kevin Newman should be ready by then uh, to go help the Pirates go for whatever they're going for, which is, at this point, in my mind, nothing. And then the last guy I want to talk about is Tyler Glass now. So he made the opening day roster, and what a disaster he was. 12 games pitched, a 7-4-5 ERA. It was like, holy shit, Glass now. What's happening? Being one of the top pitching prospects in all of baseball. But now they send him to AAA, and the guy's been lights out again. He's been lights out pretty much his whole minor league career. Let's start by saying that. Uh, I don't know if he's even had a season. Yeah, he's barely had a season with a with a, above a two ERA in his minor league career, which is incredible. Um, but this year, since he's gone back to AAA, he's eight and two with a two oh six ERA and eighty seven and one third innings pitch. Check this out: a hundred and thirty one strikeouts to go along with thirty one walks. The guy, he's untouchable. He has a .95 whip. The guy's unhittable in AAA. So why is that not translating? He's got, first off, I do, going back to the September call-up thing, I think, yeah, he should. I mean, the way he's playing and pitching in AAA, I don't see why he doesn't get it, especially because he was on the team at the beginning of the season. So ideally, he's ready now, right? I mean, he's done his work. He's put the work in, and he's done well. Okay, you've proven yourself. Uh, You've earned yourself a call-up again. And we'll see what he does with it. But... You know, it's definitely in question after seeing what we saw at the beginning of the season. Uh, I hope we see minor league Tyler Glass now versus major league Tyler Glass now. I hope he translates well, but I am a little nervous about it. The guy's got amazing stuff, big frame, and I like him. I, I really like the Pittsburgh the Pittsburgh prospects. We all know this, and I think you should too out there. Uh, but there's just, out of all the teams and all, all the, the young names out there in the minors, they're the one team I always look at and I'm like, what? the hell is what what's happening like are you ready for three seasons down the road are you going to be competing or do you need to make a lot more trades or and do you need to build a lot more so a lot of questions about the Pittsburgh Pirates um and I think they do need to continue building because clearly the the core prospects that they have right now that can be amazing um they're they're in question right now so Andrew McCutcheon you got to go Starlin Marte, he's young enough. They're going to keep him around probably, even with you know the whole suspension and everything. Um, we'll see, though. The Pirates are, are an interesting story, and they're one that I'm going to probably keep a close eye on just because I'm way too intrigued by it. So that is my episode for you today. I hope you enjoyed it. Uh, go follow us on Twitter, at Diamond Podcast. Facebook, Diamond the Rough Podcast. You know what to do. Send us a damn email. Diamond the Rough Podcast at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Ostrowski Sam. You can follow Dan Collins, uh, my co-host at Tweet Dan Collins. And hopefully some good stuff. September baseball, October baseball coming our way. Forget about football for a second. Forget about it, even though I got a fantasy draft tomorrow. Uh, it's it's exciting. Football season's back. It's exciting too. But what's more exciting is playoff baseball. I promise you. I swear. So keep tuned. You already know. More episodes, more interviews to come. Plenty more on the Diamond in the Rough podcast. Can't wait to talk to you again. Uh, And we'll see you next time. Thanks.